Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 11 of the Queen's Cup podcast. This is your girl, Alteresa. And Erica. And we're back for another episode. We are so excited this week to have you guys listen in. This is a special, special episode for us. Yes. We are uh, bringing on a special guest today. So before we get to listening to our special guest, we're going to start with chatting with R&R. So Erica, you want to tell us what's been going on with you? Well, I know y'all tired of hearing me say work in school. So <laughs> I will add something else into the mix. Um, so um, along with trying to be more financially secure, um, I have been looking into getting into stocks. So that's something that um, I'm excited about for the near future. So I've been researching a little bit. So hopefully, you know, I'm going to get that coin like the rest <laughs> of y'all that I see online and stuff <laughs> as we get in the coin for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yes, I'm definitely looking into getting into stocks. So I'm excited about it. And you, Miss Teresa? Yes, yes. So I'm also excited about stocks, too. So that's exciting. I can't wait to hear her updates about that. Um, But as far as me, something new is, so I've been on a health journey or a weight loss journey, whatever you want to call it for the past (laughs) uh, five months. And so I told Erica, I think it was yesterday, I got on the scale and I was just like, is this real? Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know. Right. Who does that? Who looks at the scale? You see weight loss and you you get, I got on it like eight times, but I'm happy to announce that I've lost a total of 47 pounds. So I am so excited about that. I I think I just didn't realize it until people are like, I noticed it. I noticed it. But to me, I'm just like, I don't really notice it. But I think yesterday after I was talking to Erica, I started looking through old pictures and I sent her some of like before and afters. I'm like, oh yeah, I definitely can notice it. <laughs> it's like a huge difference. So uh, I'm super excited about that. I actually started walking today. I went to the park this morning. So my legs are super sore. <laughs> I haven't worked out in like six months. So like my journey has just been changing my eating. So now that the weight has come off, um, I want to, you know, keep going. So I wanted to add in some exercise. So I'll be dragging Erica one of these days with me to go work out. Y'all go for a good walk. It's the other stuff that you know. We'll start off slow. We're going to start walking. But um, so that's what I've been up to um, since the last time you guys have heard from us. So we're going to move on over to our special guest. So Erica, you want to introduce who we have with us today? Okay. So um I don't know if it was earlier in this month or the latter part of January, but we did promise you guys a Black Kings episode. Mm -hmm. So that's what this is. We are on the last day of Black History Month. Yes. Um, So, yeah. No. Tomorrow's the last day. Yes, tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow's the last day. The last last day before the last day of (laughs) Black History Month. We are bringing that to you even though you'll get it on Monday. Um, but without further ado, I am so elated to introduce this special guest. Um, this person is near and dear to my heart. It's my father, Mr. Donald Bailey. So I would like to introduce him. So Mr. Donald Bailey has been married for 35 years. He is the father of three children. Um, he's near retirement after working for the state of Florida for almost 30 years. Yeah. At his time, his time as a state employee brought him uh, uh, being the vice president of the organization um, where he served in the county in which he resides. 
the vice president for the union. He represented the state of Florida for labor and grievances. A bit of community work that he's done. Um, he's a Sunday school teacher <laughs> for his church um, where he has taught adolescents from uh, second grade to fifth grade. So other than that, like I said, a loving husband and father. This man is hilarious. Mm-hmm. I consider him one of the <laughs> ultimate storytellers, always good for a laugh. So without further ado, hey, daddy. <laughs> Absolute. <laughs> so we have, how you doing today, first of all? How are you? Uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Um, the sun is shining and uh plane or flying, I hope I would tell them don't make this no fly zone while I'm speaking. <laughs> All um, right. Learn how to fly. So it's it's beautiful. I'm good. All right. So Al Teresa and I have a list of questions. So we're going to start with that. Shall I start with the first question? Sure. Go ahead. So the first question is what black leaders personal and or professional has inspired you in your adolescent or adult life and why? Well, wow, I have a group of them. I hope y'all have the time. But my <laughs> one that comes into mind all the time when I um, dealing with uh, behaviors, uh, I, I was I was worked as a, in the behavior unit. And most of the time I'm uh, guys with um, high magnitude aggression and you're trying to diffuse anger and I thought about Martin Luther King and how through the protesting and uh, uh, marching and uh, throughout America it was something that he was going through a rowdy crowd and they were shouting and throwing things and doing all kind of manner of things as they kept marching and this lady just went I mean she was just going off she was just of saying all kind of things and yelling and shouting. And Martin happened to break rank, or either come over to where the lady was. And when he walked up to her, he said, lady, what have I done to you? And her demeanor or her anger just diffused just like that. And it's just like, wow, I like to have that kind of gift. So that was one of my heroes and and you know it's it's just that the things that he's saying somebody he wrote over 250 speeches and you know not only did i have a dream and that became famous with him but he would always say that you know how can you enslave a people in their own land and i thought mm. about the book about how could you slave a people in his own land because we was already here. And so that's exactly uh, one of my heroes. I can go from there to um, Mr. Um, Mr. Um, who started Pentecostal movement, Mr. Wesley, um, not, yes, Wesley Samuel, who started the Pentecostal Zuzu meeting and how he persevered and how that he would became a hero in the Pentecostal movement, and it wouldn't. And and the way he went about doing it is that he stayed in the presence of God. And he's one of my men that you don't hear that much about, but he's the one that started this Christian Christian Pentecostal movement in America. Although you hear about 
you know, John G. Lakes and those others. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I definitely um, didn't know that story about MLK. So that was definitely good to hear. So we're going to go on to question number two. So, Mr. Bailey, what is one of the hardest things you've had to endure as a Black man in America? One of the things I had to endure was uh, racism or prejudice, and uh, not only among white, but also among ours, our own race, and mm-hmm. how they look at others and judge a book by its color and stuff. So. I, I, I had a problem with that. Um, um, years and years ago when I worked for Sharp, I, I became into uh, a technician. And so what had, what had happened is that I went to service, I went to service a, a machine at a bank and I wasn't gonna rob the bank. I was, who gonna rob a bank in a shirt and tie and I showed my card and everything and she wouldn't let me in. And so yeah. I called my, my boss, and my manager, and he called the bank, and he said, if you don't let him in, we're still going to charge you $79 an hour. Mm-hmm. And he let me in. And, uh, but, be, you know, you you have those little, those, those may be small to some people, but the significance of they've been being, being judged mental because of my color of my skin. I mean, why, mm-hmm. must, my, why must my skin make me the lesser man, mm-hmm. I, you know, you know, yes. And uh, I thought this world was made for everybody, for everyone. So those are some of the hardest things I have been in, in certain things that I, when you get back to think and you see it as it is. And um, a lot of other uh, testimonies from other people. And because I, walk in a t-shirt and a pair of jeans and I walk into a dealership and um, I'm looking at a BMW, nobody come over to approach mm-hmm. me or sell me, they all standing back and they're not saying anything, but when, when the Anglo come in, uh, uh, they go to greet him and everything. And um, my, um, um, like I said, one of my kids, he said, hey, I, you know, I've been through this, I've been through the military, I did this and that. And he said, I went next door, across the street, and bought a brand new BMW and came back and showed him that, hey, this is the man that you that you passed by. So mm-hmm. a lot of other issues. I, I, I got a book full of them. But just think of the things of, um, that uh, my grandmother, when she taught, she was a very smart person, a, a school teacher, and a seamstress and a housewife. But she would always um, work as a, as a seamster uh, working in, and uh, she got sick one day and she told the, the, the manager, hey, I, I'm not feeling well, I gotta go to my doctor. And the lady said, you mean you're going to the, you mean you're going to the public hospital? He, she said, no, I have a private doctor. And mm-hmm. the, the, the boss or the manager called the police and arrested my grandmother for that. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. Granddaddy had to go get her out of jail. He didn't know he had to go get her out of jail. And when when they went to court and he said, my grandmother said, high in the age that I could sass her when I got children older than she is. 
Mm. And that me. I mean, I was just yay high. She she always would tell that, and because uh, Grandma Sanders said, uh, never witnessed being a slave, but she knew some things, and they was pretty well off then because Dad Granddaddy was the first black man to ever have a car in Orlando. So, mm-hmm. but I, I just say that because it, those things don't never leave you, but mm-hmm. you have, don't forget your past. Right. right. Thank you. Thank you. Risa, do you have anything you want to say? Or shall I go to the next question? No, those were definitely some powerful stories. <laughs> definitely powerful stories. And it's it's sad, but there are so many stories like that in our culture alone, just being a Black person in this country. So definitely powerful stories. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to compose myself. <laughs> that one, I had, never, I had never heard that story before. So thank you for that. Um, so, um, well, I got more. You want some more? (laughs) I'm just happy to be here. My my third question was, what is your advice, um, is, um, you, you touched on a little bit of that in what you just said, but, um, if you have anything to impart for this question is, what is your advice to young Black men navigating through racial issues, prejudice, or thoughts of not being good enough in today's society? I'm always, well, like I said, know your history, know your past, mm. and you can not forget your past. Right. Mm-hmm. Those along the way, I mean, it's such a wealth of, of, uh, of people who are so instrumental to our race and our culture. Right. We all day to name the, the not only the inventions, but those congressmen and those ones who spoke out and those ones who are the university presidents who had to walk from Florida to Chicago to go to school. And when he got there, he he, he raised up to be a valedictorian in that yeah. school. And, and if he wouldn't have made that journey, how hard it was. And some people along the way, he only had a bag a lunch and a belt tied around his 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 books and stuff and and he walked to Chicago or some way somehow people gave him a ride and I think about that how they persevered how they went on no matter what it looks like no matter how hard it is but still I rise I rise again I'm gonna go whether I can I, I make it to the door or whatever I'm gonna do it I don't care what other people say this is a God thing. Mm. That's powerful. This so the next question for you, Mr. Bailey, is as a Black man in America, do you truly feel free? It all, it, it, I, I, I um, free in Christ Jesus and free in Christ Jesus for what he had done for me and the, the impartation that he walked this earth. He was here on this earth. So that give me the excitement about life and every day counted with him. So we can maximize the moment and have the confidence. And I, and I, and I often think about those ones who didn't make it along the way and how they was instrumental to my life 
as well as the culture, as well as university people, how they impact others' lives in it. And what I was uh, thought about, I'm always remembering those George Floyds or those Trayvons and what are they, because I have been in that kind of, uh, been that kind of judgmental things that happened to me and the feelings of, of being free and why can I ride down the street at one o'clock? Why can why I'm treated like this? And what's my dear perception of me? And you can't judge a book by the by its cover. But in the spirit, I am free. And where the spirit mm -hmm. is, the Lord is. So I've mm -hmm. been able to uh, um, pass out uh, some things and and and, and knowing the, knowing who I am and being able to diffuse it because I know who I am and I know that I'm free. If the spirit says I'm free, I'm free indeed. Does Jesus say I'm free? I'm free indeed. So we just, we just um, come into some oppositions and I tell people, don't tell young men uh, uh, advice for, for me, myself, don't become so offensive. Learn how to hold them and fold them. Don't become offending them every step of the way. Just take it and choose the high road. And sometimes you gotta be, you gotta keep silent. You gotta be quiet. You gotta be quiet. And I could tell you about one of my experience. If you wanna tell me some experience, I have plenty of those black men um, riding down the street, uh, mm -hmm. walking. I have some stories to tell. Wow, wow. Whew. Well, I feel like as we go along that we'll um, get into those um, specifics as well. Mm -hmm. um, wow. It, it's hard because, you know, as Black women, oftentimes we fear, um, I think it's a, it's a real fear, you know, not being Black men, we have our own fears as women mm -hmm. and as women of color, but um, seeing Black men go through the hardships of or having that fear like, man, I remember having deep prayers. At one point, the fear was because on the flip side of racial prejudice and things of that sort is there was a lot of gun violence. Mm -hmm. Elsa Risa can attest to that. 2005, a lot of people died mm -hmm. and we were newly out of high school. So it was just like classmates here and there. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my cousin's friends died due to gun violence and things of that sort so mm -hmm. it's it's a real fear um within our culture but outside of that it's just like just hoping that no one period but those who we hold dear to us ever have to come to a situation where you have a cop that has an ego that needs to be checked mm -hmm. that has an ego problem that has a, a that that's a bigot so mm -hmm. it's a real fear so you know yes, praying yes. that they um that you yes. all are continue to be covered in the blood but mm -hmm. yes oh absolutely yeah definitely agree um i have two black little boys so you know all of these things we saw last summer with george floyd and brianna taylor and then all of the other countless names that were maybe not as publicized it's it's as a mother it's a fear. And, you know, for me, it was how soon do I talk to my sons 
about being a black man in this country. And why do I have to talk to my little right. sons about, you know, when you see the cops or don't do this or don't do that, or you're going to be judged just by the color of your skin, explaining that to them is heartbreaking. But the re harsh reality of this country is that they have to know just by the color of their skin, they're going to be treated a certain way. And, and as a mother, I, I have that fear, like, oh, when my boys become teenagers and when they go out into the world, you know, just hoping and praying that, you know, God covers them in the blood, but Absolutely. knowing the country we live in, it's just, you know, unfortunate. Right. Absolutely. 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 And, and I just like to iterate on that. I, I, um, knowing how to hold them and fold them because there were times when I was driving at night and even even coming through certain cities and, um, you know, where I'm from, um, uh, they'd always used to stop me and, and it just wasn't it was sometimes twice a week three times why are you stopping mm -hmm. me you know where I'm coming from you know where I'm going I work out there can't you see um why are you stopping me why are you just harassing me and um, mm -hmm. um it gets to a point where I just got out the car and walked to the back of the car and said got nothing on me you know I thought about Richard Price say I'm reaching for my wallet because I don't want to be no accident Mm -hmm. You know, so that is a serious thing. That is a, that's a serious thing. And when I looked at Trayvon, like the president said, that could have been my son. Mm -hmm. My son. That Absolutely. I agree. Um, wow. So, okay. So my next question is, um, if you could pick one moment um, when you are happiest, so, you know, I always say is we got to exercise. We got to live in the moment. Keep me in the moment, God. Keep me in the moment, Jesus. I don't want to miss what you have for me. And um, happiness to me is seeing, being a service to others and being in mm -hmm. the, the work in the institution. It's a loud, downtrodding and um, mentality of, they're being locked up and you being free. But I came in there in the name of the Lord and we <laughs> had church. and 17 men gave their life to Christ while I was serving service them. See, God sure. sanctified us for service. He didn't <laughs> sanctify I got the Holy Ghost and I got it going on. No, he sanctified you for service. Mm -hmm. So the pastors and preachers, somehow they got this wrong, but you got work to do. And mm -hmm. so that's why he gave you the Holy Ghost so you can go out and service one another. Would you be able, would you be visit the prison? Will you feed the homeless? Or will you help Susan down the street get to work? Or will you go down there when they when their lights are cut off? Will you help somebody pay off their mortgage? He sanctified us for service. And that's yeah. what Jesus came to wash our feet. And so we can wash other feet. And I think that um that's some of the happiest moment when I <laughs> have my gentleman. I see this young man, he's he's an adult now. I look at it, I had something to do with that because mm -hmm. we went camping. We I spent some time with him playing ball and seeing some my kids and playing at the park all day till the sun go down. And those <laughs> were happy moments for me. It's not about me. I tell them this is about the next generation. And that's what mm -hmm. I'm about now. Because the next generation. They need to have this impartation of mm -hmm. the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit. 
Thank you. That's that's definitely amazing. I think a lot of people miss that. You know, a lot of people we think of, you know, we think about ourselves sometimes, but I, I definitely think that God gave us hands to do the work of the Lord and to service others. Yes. You know, that's Absolutely. one of the reasons why I got in the field of social work was to help people. I, I get joy as well to just see how other people lives change. And if I just put a, a little speck of help towards you and to, it can affect you in any type of way, I'm glad. You know, I don't want to, I, I tell everybody I work with, I don't take the credit. Everything I do, I'm doing because God led me to do it. So yeah, I, I 100% agree with that, being service to others. So that's amazing. Yes. Oh, man. I, oh, man. I definitely agree. So we're going to go to the next one, which is how does the representation of Black people in the media affect you? So looking at TV, movies, uh, the news, seeing how Black people are represented, how does that affect you? We are poorly represented, and we get the news, but is it, there's two sides to every story, mm -hmm. and it's just, I feel like we have experts right here in our neighborhood. While they always say, this is a channel, so-and-so, we're going to go to the expert on this. We're going to go to the expert on finance. We're going to go to the expert on credit. We're going to go to the expert about dealership cars, uh, housing and stuff. But we have those people right in our neighborhood. And from my point of view and their race or culture, it's a difference when they walk into their wealth or when they go to buy a house. And I think that we should have our own media so we can tell our stories and uplift our people because if we don't tell our story who will right. so mm -hmm. i think we've poorly represented and um far as the media far as the agree. media i agree absolutely i definitely agree with that we can do a better job uh representing ourselves than our counterparts can so yeah we have experts we have experts in fishing we have experts in basketball. We have experts. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree. Um, the next question is, as a Black father, what's your experience? Uh, what my ex experience is is, is, is is seeing those ones. Uh, I talked about my career and uh, I had a chance to go and work to shop in South America and I turned it down because my kids were still babies and I didn't want to miss them growing up and mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. my my uh, biological dad we didn't have that much contact with him but um, my mother married again and this man was excellent he was a good man a real good man and so you don't want to miss them growing up that's 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 the happiest moment when you see them riding a bicycle, are they are they are they doing something that 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 bring on their character and their confidence? And when they begin to be confident that I can do all things in Christ and that strengthen me, and you think they're not, you're taking them to church every Sunday and they absorbing this thing and they become a life and and uh, and seeing that they 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 uh, that you put them in. Uh, you put them in that environment and look how they expound and how they move among uh, the greatness from 
their forefathers and their grandfathers and their great grandfathers. So you see it, that's is the moment that you don't want to miss, you know, right. holding the bottle in their hand or either uh, uh, the, them, them learning how to go to the bathroom and you have to change the diaper. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, 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 Lord, just keep me in the moment. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely agree with that. Being able to see those moments. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, like, we definitely had a lot of fun growing up, like, going to the park or just doing silly stuff one of my fondest moments is when you would from time to time because mama didn't really like that but you would like put us in a blanket and like slide us around the house like that used to be so much fun like i used to get my whole life doing that yeah. one, one, more, one more story guys so when we were little, we had like a, it was a pepper bush that daddy had grown. And all of us, we, I don't think any of us was more than maybe six years old. So it was my cousins and I, and we were all just picking at this, picking the peppers off the pe- pepper bush, just picking the peppers off the pepper bush. And daddy was like, don't, don't rub your eyes. Don't rub your eyes. And every last one of us rubbed our eyes. <laughs> Put all in the tub, okay? And uh, Brett, of course, we had our underwear. <laughs> but we all in a, listen, like when I got pepper spray, we all in the tub together. Daddy running cold water on us. Don't tell your mother. Don't tell your mother. Don't tell your mother. <laughs> and nobody told, oh my God, they didn't know about that until we were adults. But that I was about to say, what well, she gonna know now? She didn't know. <laughs> Oh, like, why? Why? Oh my goodness. You tell about the top gun. We used to go to the park and we'll stay out there till the sun go down. And mm-hmm. um we had this thing with Top Gun and and Erica being a girl, she always wanted to be, she always go up front and be the first one. We had to walk <laughs> up with Allison Bean and the balance of being had to be about six feet and across the thing. And Erica run that thing on down. And here come Gregory coming up there talking, praying, and then, oh, honey, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, we love these stories. Lord, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. And Erica get up there walking again. I said, y'all let a girl beat you. Oh, she ain't gonna beat you. Whatever, girl power. Girl power. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Gary can go to church, Lord. We, so we had oh, some great times of putting them uh, in the remembrance of when we go see Willie and when they watch Willie oh, and bag in the in the go get the dollar meal or either go get us some bologna and make sandwiches and <laughs> little pop-up things and Listen, at the Dollar Movie Theater, we used to have a whole gang of And so we were to have a great time. They asked me, they said, I told them they missed it all. Big Willie came off the screen and went down there and got a fish sandwich and came (laughs) over. Y'all all asleep. Y'all missed that part. (laughs) (laughs) Was this free Willie? Yeah. Oh, my God. I said, you how come you not wet? I said, it's a big old vacuum cleaner that came and shook up all the water. <laughs> <laughs> God, 
He said, we're not going to go to sleep anymore. (laughs) Yes, so he said, because when uh, Free Willy came to the Dollar Movie Theater, we legit sat through that movie at least three or four times that same day. And of course, (laughs) you watch the movie repeatedly, like you you bound to fall asleep. So we all (laughs) fell asleep. And his story was that Willie came out of the screen while we were asleep and the whole movie theater was filled with water and he went to the concession stand and got a fish sandwich and went back into the screen. <laughs> so my question was, okay, if Willie came out of the screen, first of all, and the whole movie theater was filled with water, why aren't we wet? <laughs> oh, he came with a vacuum cleaner and sucked up all the water. And my mama legit to this day believes that we believe that. I'm like, I didn't. I didn't believe that. <laughs> she will promise me that that's what I believe. I'm like, oh my God. I wasn't that gullible. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> they were watching that. They like to American Tales. And then they watch Home Alone, and they can sit there and tell you every line they're gonna say. I made my family disappear. Buzz, and they know every line. So why y'all watch it? Go sit up here. Oh, Fido, Fido! Oh my God! I love that. Fido, Fido, Fido! I love that. I love that movie. Wow! I let my kids watch it too. I love Fido Goes West. But we're gonna go on. We're gonna go to the next one. So this is a follow-up. So um, as a Black father, how, what was your experience raising a Black son? Oh, it's quite an experience because you want um, to, to um, see him grow and have wisdom. And I always, always tell the young folks, uh, look both ways before you cross the street, before you get into anything that's, that may look good. And just everybody mm-hmm. who shake your hand, it don't mean they're your friend. Everybody right. kiss you don't mean they're your girlfriend. Uh, Watch out. And you just got, you know, the devil come in disguises and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you really got the, I tell them, I tell them when I tell them in the prison, I say a man is dangerous without the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. You're not to do anything without the Holy Ghost. You need yeah. him to guide you through, or you need his understanding so you won't get yourself in trouble, or you won't um, lead to the wrong side. And and, and, and my experience, because I wanted to be a gangster, I hung out with gangs, I did some wrong things, but thank God I'm here today. And I'm mm-hmm. telling tell them about this, you know, my experience when we was growing up, the younger guys, the older guys, they, they you know, we, we hung all out at the park and, um, um, my wife is telling me it's too much time, but can I tell you? <laughs> we got to count, people. <laughs> we just have to support, young lady. <laughs> my my comrade didn't want to hear this story, but I, I just yes, go ahead. And you can you can say your story, and then we're gonna go on to the next question. So you know, this particular time, mom tell us to be home at a certain time, and. Um, we was always coming back from the park. We don't play ball. We don't play this. We don't uh, skate and all this stuff. And we all were being living in the same same neighborhood. So we're on our way back. But the uh, 
one of the guys went and stole a car, nice shiny El Camino. We used to just go joyride it. And, um, but anyway, at this okay, well, my producer said I shouldn't tell that story, but it has a, it has a meaning. <laughs> no, I, no, I heard the story earlier. It's fine. Okay. Go on. So, at this particular time, coming home from the park, and uh, they came up in a, a new truck, and we would usually go joyriding with it, but this night we went home, and it was those six individuals. We went to a, that's for interracial time. So we were dating, you know, white as well as black. And they liked it us. We liked to hang out in their neighborhood. And we would get home before dark because we know how being in that type of area. But anyway, uh, one of the guys was dating this white girl. And they went over to the house. And they didn't do anything, uh, you know. And uh, she screamed for rape when a boyfriend showed up and then a dad showed up and then the police showed up. But this, but I was thinking, I was thinking that all of them got time and she, um, she didn't want to bring up the case, but all of them got time and it was nice young men, but all of them went to prison. And, um, and, um, you know, at that time I thought about that because we would have been in that car. But I think for the grace of God, when we want to think about, you know, all that, and I always thought about that, them being locked up for no reason, for no apparent reason, just because of the color of their skin. And so I like to tell young men, I have been there, done that, and thank nothing but the grace of God that I'm here today, uh, because that was close call, and usually we would have been in that car, and we probably would have been a, a whole nother meaning to life in prison because once you're in there it's like a mind thing it's like you know it's yeah it's, it's hard to get past that yeah it's hard to get right. past that lifestyle and um a lot of them i just i just wish i could see them today i don't know i just heard some things from you know from the mm -hmm. past what happened and everything but i know they was brilliant mind they were smart i mean it was cats Wow, they was just out of sight. I mean, we had a, a group, you know, they grew up with them. It's just like, wow, you know, right. that's what the best of times for me. But also it was a time and meaning and uh, don't judge. I mean, don't learn how to listen. That's one of the important things, listening and right. listen to your parents. And they know they've been there and they've been experienced with these things. Thank you. Okay, so I'm going to read the the next question. Um, so the next question is: Marriage has been on the decline across the nation. The next part of the question is: As it pertains to the black community, as a husband, what do you appreciate about black love? <laughs> oh, that's deep. Well, I, <laughs> I appreciate uh having a, a mate for just about, I mean, you know, these many years and it all have not always been um, tough and it always been some good times as well. So I look at the good times and I'm thinking about those ones who, who uh, not even just stayed a year or stayed five years or whatever like that. And that type of, institution is instituted by God. God brought on the first family. That's God's right. institution. Mm -hmm. So you are blessed when you have a mate. You are blessed uh, to, to, to raise kids and, 
have that family unit and our God implement his his love and his joy and his peace and having that 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 that, that lady on your side or that that black woman who been through a lot but look at us now you know and so I think that um, that is a, a God thing and it's an institution that God put together Adam and Eve and uh, you can grow in love and always think about on Golden Palm where they were looking at these two swans and they were swans for life. And I said, wow, that's really beautiful the way um, God instrumented those, 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 those institutions. That's, that's awesome. So I think about that and um, my wife, she always been there for me and I, if it had not been for her, Lord, no ways I'd be at. So I think, you know, that, that, that love and inspired me to have a greater love in God and inspired me to, to persevere and keep going and keep going, see what the end is going to be. All right. Thank you. I don't know. What is the golden palm? Oh, oh golden palm. Uh, upon golden palm with Catherine Hepburn and Henry Fonda. I think it's named Henry Fonda. Oh, it's a movie. Oh, okay. It's a movie. It's a movie. When the little kids say, well, what are we going to do now? Suck face? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. We gonna go to- <laughs> We're going to go to our last question. Um, so this last question, what song or mantra makes you feel good as a Black man? Oh, man. I... See, I grew up around music. Y'all just don't know. Y'all, I know we got a producer <laughs> over here, but yes, um, it's past the present. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of my favorites. Is is Bob Marley because he spoke about freedom. He said, "Emancipate yourself from mental slavery, because only God can stop the bomb. Uh, free yourself for that kind of mental slavery. So, whatever has been." in the darkness or whatever it has been in the cave of your mind, you need to open it up and free yourself from being uh, bad habits or thinking of some things that happened to you. You need to free your mind because it's mental slavery or what the system or what the, the, the teachers or the doctors or what the world says. And Bob Marley was talking about lighting up your soul, light up your soul. So don't be no mm-hmm. damn fool. And so these things, and Stevie Wonder, genius, and Stevie Wonder, his music, are you all the sunshine of my life? And the keys to life, when he talk about, uh, uh, what he talk about, would you like to go with me down in my dead end street? He was talking about ghetto land. He was talking about living in his land, um, living in the ghetto and living in, in poverty. And when he talked about the boy was born in New York City, uh, living in a world that wasn't so pretty. His, getting a job is like getting a uh, needle from out of the haystack mm. because when you live that they don't use colored people but living just enough just enough for the city and so these kind of things are like documents they are they are they are, they are poetry and you look listen to a genius and uh stevie wonder uh man he could just sit there and make music just by looking at the sun and years and these are genius and so you when you came upon these things we when you come upon that let the music uh soothe you let the music take you to another level 
let's go to higher grounds. And when you listen to the meditation, you knew Stevie was good at meditating and everything. And um, he spent a lot of time um, with his music and he was so genius. Now he's talking about going to Africa. So, but he, he always talked about you in the middle of a master blaster. And he always talked about Africa, going back to Africa, going to, to Africa. I thank you all. And I'm I'm gonna quit while I'm ahead. My wife is telling me <laughs> I'm gonna quit, but I ain't finished. Well, uh, we 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 definitely appreciate you spending the time talking to us, imparting all of your knowledge and your Man. experience with us. We definitely will have you back sometime in the future, yes. but we definitely appreciate your time and all of your stories. Yes, thank oh, you. Yeah. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. And thank okay, you, technical we'll support. We'll for the next time. <laughs> Thanks to the producer. <laughs> yes. Thank you, my producer. Look, if we had you with us, Mom, we would <laughs> listen. We would know how to. Uh, well, we wrapping up. <laughs> like, all right, out to America, y'all get yeah. some. Right. <laughs> I mean, she would was, she was throw her sign time up and zip, zip. As, as we close, um, any final thoughts or anything? I just like to, uh, like I said, that reach out and touch someone and keep servicing. And I thank for the Queen's Cup because it makes me feel so proud of you all. And uh, maybe when I come down there, Al Teresa, she on a weight thing. And I know she wants to need steak or something like that. But anyway, we, we had a great time and just 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 thinking that uh friendship y'all have and you out to to change the world and the point of views and keep us under the blood. And I thank God for y'all coming together and making it happen. And we gotta go go bigger and um do bigger things and go forth in a service in our community and um Mm -hmm. that would give me the joy in the moment that I know that we are preparing for the next generation and I'm looking out for jobs and opportunities. I want to do some more trades, technology and transportation, what I've been working on for the young people. Thank you. That's amazing. Thank you. That is amazing. Thank you again. Thank <laughs> you so much. Thank yeah. you all. I appreciate it. You're welcome. We appreciate you and your time. Um, so without further ado, uh, we have that we say every um our sayings somewhat that we say every um, at the end of every, every episode. Yes, closing every episode. So daddy, you can join us since you're here with us today. So the way it'll go is that um El Cerisa will say, Remember so remember to fill your cup, guys. And daddy, you and I say, because you can't pour from an empty one. So one, two, three. <laughs> one, two, three. Remember to you fill your to cup. Your cup you because you can't pour, can't pour from an empty one. All right. Y'all get the point. Fill me up. I don't want no more. <laughs> <laughs>